0: Welcome back to 21 Steps, an audiobook podcast by M.A. Box. Chapter 20. Derek moved quietly and with his head down through the rest of the hallway, trying to prepare himself to face the crowd that would no doubt be waiting outside. His shackles rattled as he moved his feet forward one at a time. Ahead of him, the officer opened the door and the sunlight fell through like water spilling over a dam. Derek squinted in the light and put his head down even farther. The roar of the crowd outside the door was intimidating, to say the least. Derek continued focusing on putting one foot in front of the other as he moved out of the door and down the steps. Monster, asshole, evil, and murderer were the words that filled his ears over and over again. He tried to stay focused and to continue to move, but he could feel his body becoming weary under the stress. His knees began to shake and he felt like he might fall. He continued walking one step at a time. He reached the blue van that he had arrived in and he fell into the back seat, followed by other passengers. He closed his eyes and dropped his head against the side window and tried to avoid all sounds and feeling. He thought of his sons and tried to picture them in his mind. Derek went back to his cell that night and collapsed on the bed. He knew he would be transported the next morning to prison and would be in the place he wouldn't be leaving for the next couple of years. He drifted to sleep quickly, probably quicker than he should have. The next day also moved very fast. He was up first thing in the morning, dressed, fed, and in the transport van. He went through all of the same processes at the prison as he had done at the jail. He wondered why that was necessary, if he was coming from one lockup to another lockup, but I guess you never know if you can trust the guards of the transport personnel. It was sad, but it was true. Derek wouldn't be able to remember what had happened today if you asked him tomorrow, but he went through the motions just like any other inmate. He was quite removed from the entire situation and really didn't know what was going on. The next morning, Derek woke up in the same way he had for the past month. Although the scenery was different and he had an annoying roommate, everything else felt pretty much the same. He was going to be able to meet with a counselor today, and he was anticipating the outcome of the visit. After all, this is what he had been waiting for. Derek wondered what he would be asked this time as he walked, escorted, down a long, thin hall with cinderblack walls. They came to a very small room at the end where he was allowed to go in and sit on one side of the table. If he put his hands out to both sides, he guessed he probably would be able to touch both walls, but thanks to the restraints around his wrists, he was unable to try. He sat, waiting, bouncing his left leg up and down in anticipation, wondering what to expect. He didn't have to wait very long before a small man, probably in his late thirties with glasses and hair parted down the middle, walked into the room. He was wearing an inexpensive suit with a red tie that had a stain down the front that Derek assumed was probably chocolate shake left over from a previous day. The man reached out his hand to Derek and introduced himself as Tom Sandish. He said he was a psychiatrist that worked on a contract with the prison and that he would be here to help Derek if he needed anything at all. Derek guessed he was probably gay and a very nice person. Derek pulled out his hand to shake Tom's as the metal clanked against the table between them. I'm Derek, he said, trying to be polite. I've read some of your files already, Derek, but I'm very excited to get to know the real you. I may ask you some questions that you've already heard before. "'but if you could answer them for me anyway, that would be helpful. "'Also, I want you to feel like you can talk to me about anything, "'so feel free to interject whenever you need to, okay?' Tom said. "'Okay,' Derek replied, trying very hard to match the happiness that Tom was projecting, "'although Derek was sure that he had just come off very fake. "'Okay, so tell me, Derek, why are you here today?' "'I drowned my wife.' "'Why did you drown your wife?' "'I don't know, it just happened. I didn't mean to. "'I tried to take it back, but it was too late.' Okay, so you think you are here today only because you drowned your wife? Well, yeah, I didn't do anything else. Okay, so what do you think led to you drowning your wife? I don't know, I got mad. I just wasn't thinking, I reacted. I didn't even know what I was doing. Had you ever felt this way before? You mean like killing somebody? No, not that I can think of. No, I mean like you were just doing something, reacting without knowing why. I guess, sometimes I feel like I am not a part of myself. Is that what you mean? exactly let's talk about those times can you remember the first time this happened let me think i don't know i guess when i was younger the first time was probably when my mom tried to fill me up with water i felt like i stepped aside and just watched i couldn't feel anything tell me about that what do you mean fill me up with water derek told him the story about when he was five years old his mother had been asleep as usual on the living room couch he had gone outside to play although it was terribly cold just to get some fresh air and try to avoid feeling hungry. He was running in circles around the backyard when his mother came out yelling at him and asked him to come into the house. Derek walked into the door, she grabbed his arm and pulled him toward the living room. She was squeezing so hard Derek thought she was going to break his arm in two. She started accusing him of eating her last piece of pizza that she had had on the table. She knew she had left it there, so that meant he must have eaten it. Derek didn't eat the pizza and he tried to explain that to her and tell her that she must have eaten it. She didn't believe him, so she pulled him into the bathtub and turned on the water She kept putting his head under there and holding open his mouth so it would fill up with water. Derek remembered feeling terrified, and then feeling nothing. He knows that he was fighting and telling her that he didn't eat the pizza, but he didn't really remember feeling. After a few minutes of this, he admitted to eating the pizza, although he hadn't, so she would leave him alone. She pulled him out of the bathtub and slapped him hard on the side of his stomach so not to leave a mark on his face. She told him never to do it again and left the room. Derek remembers feeling the bruises on his arm and his side later that evening. He just sat on his bed, feeling very removed and lost. Derek thought to himself that he has a lot of really bad memories surrounding bathtubs, and that was the first time I remember feeling that way, he said. Tom looked like he was deep in thought as he quickly wrote notes, filling the page of his notepad. Derek wondered why that would be so important, but he hoped that he would find out soon. Okay, how about the next time? Can you remember any other time? Tom asked. I remember feeling that way when I found my mother dead, and also at her funeral. I really don't remember feeling anything, I just felt like I was going through the motions. I guess that would be the next time. Any other times other than that? In high school I remember feeling it once. I was a freshman and although I really tried not to be noticed, usually all freshmen at some point in time or another have to go through some sort of initiation. Mine included being beaten up, having my clothes ripped off, and being peed on. I remember isolating myself there too. I don't really think I felt what was happening, I just closed my eyes and couldn't feel anymore. It almost felt like I was watching it, myself, not feeling it. The only other times were in the military, a couple of times in Iraq and then the last time with Leslie. They are very vivid to me because I remember feeling like something must be wrong with me. Thank you for sharing Derek, if you think of any more please let me know. Let's talk about your time in Iraq, I know this is very broad but what was it like for you? I hated it, I really liked the people that I fought with, we became like family. But I hated being over there, I hated killing innocent women and children, and I hated feeling like at any minute I could lose one of my friends, or even my own life. It wasn't fair to my family for me to be in that position and I felt so helpless like there was nothing I could do about it. Sounds like to me that you did, but I have to ask, did you have to kill anyone, Derek? Yes, people that didn't even have to die. I felt like I was constantly shooting at someone to protect myself or some member of my team. I know I killed people who were just trying to make it through the day. That we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it haunts me. Does any of this keep you up at night? Yes, all the time. I can't sleep, and even when I can, I have awful dreams that wake me up later. Have you ever acted out any of your dreams, like sleepwalking or anything? Derek knew that he was here to get help, so he really needed to be honest if he wanted it. He felt ashamed that he couldn't handle the situation alone. He was here, so it was his time to talk. Yes, I did, and it terrified me. I woke up once almost choking Leslie and once covering my son's mouth. These are terrifying for me, yet they are so real in my dreams. I didn't see my family in my dreams. I saw other people, but I hurt and scared my family instead. Have you ever seen anyone about this or been prescribed any medication? Yes, I tried, but I could never get anything that would work and it took forever for me to get help. I just really need some help, Tom. I can't live like this anymore. Derek felt tears beginning to well in the bottoms of his eyes, and he took a deep breath to fight them back. Have they ever made a diagnosis on you, Derek? I was told by the last counselor I saw that I have post-traumatic stress disorder. They gave me some low-dosage medication, but it doesn't work for me. I couldn't get them to give me anything more. They wouldn't help me. Have you ever seen a psychiatrist prior to your time in the military? No, I guess I didn't think that I needed to. It wasn't until after Iraq I couldn't sleep, and I would wake up in the middle of the night. How have you been sleeping since you have been in jail? Poorly, but I have the added stress of the entire situation. I've only had one really vivid dream, but the rest of the time I just wake up with my heart racing and then I go back to sleep. I do really need help. I want to be able to go back to my life as it was. I want to be able to see my sons and know that they are safe in my presence. If you can help me, I would greatly appreciate it. Derek, I can tell you a few things just from reviewing your file and from the conversations that we've had here today. There is definitely some things that we can do, but you have to be committed to trying, which it appears you are. Are you? Derek almost laughed out loud at the question. He felt he was more committed to getting better than anyone in the entire world. He knew how much he had sacrificed just to get help so he could do better for his sons. Of course I am, whatever it takes, he responded. Okay, well here are a few things that I see. First of all, you have a pattern of disassociation. Do you know what that is? No, not at all. I've never heard of that before. Disassociation is like the times when you felt like you were not really part of your body. During stressful times, you seem to remove yourself from feeling and you take yourself outside of your body so you don't have to feel the pain. This is actually more common than it sounds. In fact, many research psychologists seem to think that we all do it at one time or another in our lives. We can work on this by first working on the situations that trigger it. So we will be meeting once a week to talk and develop a plan, okay? That sounds great. Thanks. Anything you can do. Tom recommended a few books for Derek to read during his time in prison. He thought maybe it would help Derek feel that he was not so alone in the world, but that there were others out there that experienced the same feelings that he did. As for the post-traumatic stress disorder, it is very rare to see PTSD and depersonalization disorder in the same person, but I have no doubt, Derek, that you definitely suffer from both. You have had very real and separate traumatic events that have led to the development of both of these circumstances. I do have some medication I want to prescribe that will help you deal with the PTSD and to sleep at night. But we will also discuss some of these situations in our meetings each week as well. How does that sound? I am so thankful to you, Tom. I can't tell you how much this means and how relieved I am. Derek really was relieved. He finally felt like someone was hearing him and that he was finally going to get the help that he needed. He was going to work hard and make sure to do things right so he could one day return back to his sons and lead a normal life. He actually felt happy for the first time in a long time. He shook Tom's hand as he walked out the door and had a sudden urge to bow down at his feet and thank him. He was so grateful. Derek went through the dinner line and while still avoiding others and trying not to stand out, he had a feeling of happiness and lightness that he hadn't felt in a long time. He hadn't even taken a pill yet, but he felt hope and that meant a lot for Derek. To have hope which he hadn't felt in a really long time. Tune in next time as we continue 21 Steps.